By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 78 of the Cannabis 101 podcast, where it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. This is hour number one. Hour number two will come out on Wednesday, and that will feature Chef Jordan Wagman, a James Beard-nominated uh, chef who's going to tell us about some great uh, creations you might want to do this close to Christmas. By the way, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating, uh, happy to celebrate along with you uh, involving cannabis. And there is certainly one way that uh, we like to kick things off on this program, and that's by finding out just what it is that you're grooving with. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Gotta grab you by the boom boom, don't it? Pipe it again. Long and a blitz. This is great. This is the bee's knees. Can you dig it? So when I say what's your groove, uh, I want to know that while you're listening to this show, if you're grooving with anything, please hit me up. Let me know what it is that you're going with. On Twitter, we're at the Cannabis 101. Cannabis 101 Facebook on Instagram and or Cannabis 101 Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And you can email me, Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com if you would like to do that as well. Uh, what I'm grooving with as I'm firing up, uh, as you can hear it here, the old Supernova, my uh, volcano hybrid that I picked up at Nova Cannabis and it was new to me. So that's why I went with Supernova uh, using their click and collect method. But uh, I am going with uh, some Jean-Guy today. Uh, it's a first uh, great hit of the day. It's That's a great cultivar for it. It's uh, very high on the sativa scale. That's for sure. Nice citrus, some sour, peppery taste in there. Uh, this is almost 23%, so I wouldn't be using this all day because you know, high THC sativas in large forms for me are not great. So small doses, they're good. Good to get the start, the day started. Good for some energy, things like that. To quote uh, Will Farrell from uh, Old School, once it hits your lips, it's just, uh, it's just uh, indeed, it is uh, so good. So that's what I'm grooving with. Would love to know what you are grooving with as you listen to this program. 
And here is what's coming down the hash pipe on this episode. David Wiley uh, from the OZ is going to join us for this week in Cannabis News. We can talk layoffs, lawsuits, and more. Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. She will also join us for the business of cannabis. We're going to talk about the world's view of Canada, Canada's legal cannabis uh, system, as well as the High Times magazine and Henry Ford ahead of his times uh, in what it means to be green. Definitely. And that's this is something that actually we actually talked about on episode two of uh, this program uh, a long, long time ago. Now we're on episode uh, 78. Also, I uh, just want to remind you, on uh, Wednesday, it is December 23rd final episode of 2020 we're gonna do we're gonna celebrate festivus if you know about seinfeld if you've watched it you know what festivus is uh, so we will have the airing of grievances i don't know if we'll do the feats of strength but we'll have the airing of grievances for sure our cannabis question today is about christmas that's the hint i'm giving you a weed word of the day will give you a slang word and a standard word a little bit later on in the show. And we'll tell you about the Weed Weekly and how you can get involved in that, getting it to your inbox every Friday. All right, let's get things going on the program with the cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe and a grape, bong and a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. Simple. Simple question for you to win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack this week. All you have to do is chime in with who your favorite Christmas character is. It can be from a book, a movie, a TV show, anything. Who is your favorite Christmas character? We will be giving away a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Unfortunately, it's not going to get to you before Christmas, but hey, think of it as a bonus Christmas present for yourself. For me, it's Rudolph. I always felt sorry for Rudolph. Then he becomes the hero. Uh, you know, he was different than the other reindeer. And uh, I don't, I don't know why I, uh, um, I identified with that for whatever reason, other than I was a short kid. So I was maybe different, but other than that, I was pretty much the same as every other kids, but I loved Rudolph. It was a great hero story. And I love the claymation, um, version of that. Uh, the, the old, 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 old one. So I'm going with Rudolph. Um, as far as like uh, maybe a funny movie character, uh, geez, I, I think I'd probably have to go with somebody from National Lampoon's. Um, honorable mention to uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and whoever, I don't even know who the other guy was that played her husband. Uh, the Neighbors, they were they were great, uh, you know, side characters. Uh, but Cousin Eddie probably from, uh, from National Lampoon's would be mine. Shitter's full. Uh, has to be one of the best lines of all time. There's actually somebody where I live in Alberta, Canada, uh, up and down one of the highways, has an RV outside, and uh, basically he's it's there's the sign that's you know shows him pouring all the shitter from 2020 uh, into 
the sewer system. So uh, who is your favorite Christmas character? We'll have a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack uh, sent out to you if you are indeed uh, the winner. Y'all know, and all you have to do to enter is just submit and we draw it out of a hat. So big thanks to you for participating in that. And big thanks to, uh, of course, all of our sponsors, the OZ. Green Generation Company, uh, both David Wiley and Malcolm LaBelle will appear on the show today. Uh, Andre from Regal Cigars has been so generous giving us some cigars to give away, and uh, we might have one for the podcast prize pack today. I'll have to look in the old tickle trunk. And, of course, Stonesmiths, a good local company just like Regal Cigars. Check them out at stonesmiths.ca. This would make a great Christmas present this year, the Slash. Uh, you can find it at Shellshock in Edmonton. Also, thanks to uh, Colin from Shellshock for joining me last week. You can find it at Smokers Junction in Calgary, Cowboy Smoke Shop in Calgary, in Vancouver as well. It's brilliant. The built-in loader alone makes this a worthy Christmas present. All right, let's get into This Week in Cannabis News with David Wiley. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. Uh, my good friend David Wiley is back as we can once again see each other. Uh, listen, I, I lost every day last week to technology, <laughs> but Monday came, I woke up, and things are better. So it always, even at your darkest, it can be seem like it'll never get there. That's really, like, I was ready to throw my computer out last week. So I'm glad <laughs> that is over. We can see each other. How are things, my friend, in uh, what is, I would normally say sunny Okanagan, but now I'm thinking of saying snowy Okanagan? Wintertime is always snowy Okanagan. It feels so gray out here. You get caught in a valley and basically all the clouds kind of, you know, they, they, they come in, they sit down, and they stay. Yeah, good to see you again, my friend. Yes, it is indeed uh, good to, uh, you know, just every once in a while get a lesson in humility when it comes to technology. <laughs> and I certainly uh, got that last week. But listen, uh, in, in all seriousness, uh, my situation pales in comparison to what has happened with um you know, 200 people at Aurora. You know, this is a situation we have unfortunately talked about with a number of cannabis companies, David. But layoffs, particularly, uh, you know, when you're talking about layoffs at this time of the year, are awful. Seems like Christmas time, uh, you know, this is when they make announcements year end and whatnot. And yeah, here we are, another situation uh, where the hits just keep on coming for Aurora. Uh, they recently laid off 200 people, this time at their flagship Aurora Sky facility in Edmonton. And capacity there is going to be cut by uh, actually to 25%. Um, so big changes there. And meanwhile, this has been a rough year. They've indefinitely paused operations at their Medicine Hat operation. Uh, Earnings-wise, Aurora took a $3.3 billion hit. Uh, that was their losses in their 2020 fiscal year, and that includes $1.86 billion in its latest quarter. So, um, you know, Aurora CEO Miguel Martin, he spoke with CBC, and he says that uh, most cannabis companies at the beginning had uh, rationally exuberant expectations, and he's telling CBC that basically you have to separate what people thought the business was going to be with what it really is. Um, and says the buzzword I feel in cannabis over the last year. He says that companies are going to have to get through uh, right sizing. God, I hate that term so much. Oh. Um, 
basically he says that no one should look at the overall economics right now of the cannabis business and think that it's not healthy or think that there's not great opportunities for companies that are being run well to be successful. I mean, Martin, putting this into context too, has had about three months in the CEO position after taking over from um, the interim CEO, uh, Michael Singer in September. So yeah, he's new to this position and, you know, but we're hearing that just the same old messages. Oh, that you're right. That right sizing term. That's the term I got when, when Bell Media uh, made their cutbacks. And, you know, even though our station was a moneymaker, we still had to lose a job and right sizing. It's just, just calling it the whole bunch of layoffs. And, um, okay, you know, obviously, that, I, I think that's the the obvious thing right now is that you have to you know you have to ignore the the projections. But these are real people that had mortgages and families and a Christmas planned and all of that stuff. And because people had too big of pie in the sky ideas, this is happening. So I I, I honestly honestly hope at the very least lessons are learned out of this moving forward with projections and projects going forward because this is happening all too often you know this is what kills me is that ceos have been calling this a supply and demand imbalance because lps were overbuilding in the beginning and that just always strikes me as disingenuous the fact is there are all kinds of people out there that are buying and using cannabis and if you're selling a good quality product, people will buy your product. It's when you're putting in 1 million square foot facilities and you're growing basically, you know, stuff that should be sold as uh, $60 ounces that people aren't going to buy into that. And we've seen a lot of that in those companies that are producing great quality products just can't keep up with the market demand. Yeah, it, it's, it's not... Uh one brush paints the whole industry. Uh, you, you can't paint the whole industry with one brush because uh, there are companies that are proving uh, that it is working. And it, it's all about, uh, you know, how you go about it. If you went too big, too fast, you're paying for it now. If you went nice, slow and, growth, you're you're succeeding right now. And let, let's not forget that there's still, what, 45% of Canadians who are purchasing from their guy down the street so you can't tell me that there's not an untapped market out there that is just crying for good quality, affordable cannabis. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. We talked in that story about a facility uh, in, in Edmonton. It's uh, out by the airport in Edmonton. And there's another facility in that area, in the Leduc area, that is also in the news and, and for not good reasons at all. And it involves a six-time Stanley Cup champion, you know, one of the greatest leaders in all of sports, an Edmonton legend from St. Albert, where I'm from, Mark Messier. This is a, this is starting, is this, and, and, and this is not pretty. Some of the things that are being said are not pretty in this lawsuit that Mark Messier has launched. Now, let's, let's call this that classic line, it's a cautionary tale. And, you know, once upon a time, people thought that cannabis was a safe bet and now we're all looking back at that prediction and we're either laughing or we're crying or in Mark Messier's case, uh, we're suing. And, you know, the former captain of the Edmonton Oilers is suing Ed Morose. He's the CEO of Edmonton-based Destiny Bioscience. Messier says he lost more than $500,000 uh, in his investment in this company. And court documents filed in November in New York uh, state are showing that this lawsuit claims that Moreau's broke a personal a personal guarantee, if you could believe this, a personal guarantee that promised that Messier wouldn't lose money 
Uh, I'd love a personal guarantee that I wouldn't lose money on any investment. And we can see how that worked out. So the documents were first obtained by TSN's Rick Westhead. Uh, and basically there was an agreement that was signed in May, 2019. And a year later, this company was in receivership, more than $42 million in secured debt, according to these court documents. So Messier, who uh, you might also remember played for the New York Rangers, is alleging that Destiny used his name and his reputation as what he calls as one of the most famous celebrities in New York to raise money. Uh, and then everything went downhill from there. Of course, none of these allegations uh, in the civil claim had been tested or proven in court. This is just uh, what's going to appear uh, in front of a judge at some point in time to try and figure out what's true, what's not, and uh, whether there's money owed. And I, I tell you, this, um, you know, this company, Destiny Bioscience, they had big, big plans. You know, I had uh, Taylor Inglis, their vice president, on this show. He's a former Grey Cup champion for the Edmonton Eskimos, so I know that connection. Uh, uh, some of the other uh, people that, that were involved in the uh, in the company, and Don Metz, a local uh, media legend here in Edmonton. So when I went to visit this place, I was so impressed and blown away with what they had. They had all kinds of living soil and worm cast and and different kinds of uh, you know growing situations, and then they were going to look into a whole lot of, like like I jokingly told them they led the league in, in PhDs and doctors because they had so many on the staff it was it was really really impressive so I don't know the whole story of why it didn't go right I know that they had big plans and 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 it, it seemed very legitimate about what they were trying to do now that was on the on the surface. Who knows what's going on? And, and Mark Messier, the, the, the one quote that that Messier has uh, struck me as uh, as you know this one. Uh, Destiny was not a sure thing. Quite the opposite. It was a worthless company propped up by nothing more than Moroz's grandiose promises. Uh, I guess when you're suing somebody, you bring out both barrels. But man, that's that's strongly worded for there was nothing going on there. So I don't know what I was seeing when I was there. It's really shows that there's not a sure bet when it comes yeah. to these kinds of things. And it's interesting how sometimes things come around, you know, 15 years ago, this is what struck me in the story. 15 years ago, Moreau su successfully sued former Oilers owner, Peter Pocklington. There's yeah. a name from the past over the hundred thousand dollars that he invested into one of Pocklington's business ventures. Oh man. I remember reading about Pocklington and Gretzky's biography and uh wow what a what a character um so it's just what a fascinating story yeah, yeah it, we'll be it, following. it it really is interesting to see how this is going to come about um but it it also shows you that there's a lot of people looking to invest like you know some mark messi decided yeah. in the beginning to invest in the cannabis industry so it is also interesting to show that and we've talked about some of the big names as as well in in the past that are you know putting their names on in the united states or just investing in uh, different companies. All right, uh, how about um, you know something that made big news? Like th these two stories that we talked about, they were big news in the last week, and then a giant merger in the cannabis industry <laughs> kind of throws down the trump card. What do you think about uh, this <laughs> Tilray Afria merger? It's it's always the year end, man. Things really shake down in the year end, and I've got a decent amount of cannabis investments. I dabble, not. Yeah, I'm a journalist, so obviously it's not, uh, there's not a lot of big Cheetos on the line here. <laughs> but I can say that from what I've played around with, 
Afri is actually the only company that is making any money in my portfolio right now. And, you know, here's this Tilray Afri merger comes around, forming the new biggest cannabis company in the world. This deal is valued at $4 billion. And it really is a tale of two companies. Tilray has struggled. Its shares are down about 95% from their optimistic peak in 2018. And AFRIA, meanwhile, over the last few months, has really been the bell of the ball. They have a strong reputation on their medical side. Um, they have a lot of great brands in their portfolio recreationally, like Broken Coast. And, uh, you know, recently, Bob, we talked about uh, U.S. Brewer Sweetwater. So as far as the nuts and bolts of this merger, uh, AFRIA CEO Irwin Simon is going to preside which makes a lot of sense considering where these two companies stand right now. And his counterpart in Tilray, Brendan Kennedy, is going to become a board member. The deal, if it is sealed, um, should be done probably by second quarter 2021. Um, AFRI is going to pay a 23% premium in an all-stock transaction. And so that'll give its shareholders ownership of 62% of Tilray. Uh, and the, the newly formed company is actually going to keep the Tilray name which was something that surprised me. So combined now, this entity is actually going to have 17% of the market share in Canada. Um, we really are talking about a behemoth company here. This is crazy, 17%. Their goal is to control 30% of uh of this market which is geez that's a that's an auspicious goal that's huge but um <laughs> yeah. you know what they're they're at 17 percent. so who's to say that they uh they certainly can't get there so the, the the question that everybody wants to know is you know who are the who are the winners and and you know are there potentially any losers out of this uh i mean there was a one analyst basically said that the winner out of this is uh tilray because they have more to gain from it. Um, you know, overall, it's seen as a positive for the industry as far as consolidation is concerned. And I think that we're going to see a lot more consolidation over the next few years, um, not just with Canadian companies that are growing in order to stay competitive, but as more markets open up, we're going to see companies with a presence in different countries um, that are going to come together to form just larger worldwide entities. Yeah, I, I really think as the world opens up, uh, there's a lot of companies right now and maybe a lot of companies that aren't even in the cannabis space that are just sitting back waiting for things to open up a little bit more. And then, you know, they're either going to start adding to their portfolio or, or get into the can. I, I really think that's something that is going to happen over the next little while. Not everybody, but yeah. I think we're going to be some CISA, a couple of big partnerships, uh, you know, within the next year. I think so. We already are seeing that. It's definitely a trend that's starting to form. Mm -hmm. All right, this yeah. this uh, next story, uh, before we get to some uh, gift ideas uh, to wrap things up uh, as we approach Christmas, but this is an interesting story uh, from uh, taken off uh, the, the Reuters site uh, that Canadian health regulator says people are growing too much pot at home. I'm, I, you know, at, at first when I saw this, I thought I was thinking, is this, did I go onto like the, the Beaverton website or something? Like, is this like a, a mad TV headline sort of thing? Like mad magazine? So I don't know. What, what do you think of this story as you dive into it past the headline? I, I think that Reuters came at it from the wrong angle. Yeah. Um, 
you know, just with a few years as an editor. So we'll tell people what it's about. Basically, Health Canada has flagged a big jump in the amount of medical cannabis being grown at home, uh, stating its findings show that uh, those kinds of authorizations actually rose to 36.2 grams by the end of March compared with 25.2 grams in October 2018. Um, so, you know, we've seen an increase. Health Canada is concerned that this uh, highly high daily authorized amount is um, leading to abuse of access to cannabis for medical purposes um, and are undermining the integrity of the system. You know, it says that 40, over 43,000 people now are allowed to grow cannabis for personal use and uh, 377,000 clients or so are registered as patients. Um, and meanwhile, this is this is where the the big difference lies. Average purchases by registered patients who can buy pot from licensed producers and federal medical sellers have stayed generally as low as two grams or so every month. And I think that we need to put a little bit of rationality into these numbers. Yes, understanding that growing at home as a medical patient is a lot more affordable. And when you look at the cost on the medical side, in a lot of cases, it's pretty expensive for your medicine and there really isn't much way to get that money back. So when you have the option to grow at home compared to buying from the medical market, it makes a lot more sense financially for people who are on disability, right? So we're not talking about people who are making exorbitant amounts of money per year. Often we're talking about people who are just scraping by and uh, to see that, that people are growing more at home rather than buying from the medical market isn't really that surprising to me, even to see it increase. And people are getting better at growing. People who are growing now have, even if they just started when when we legalized here in Canada, they've got, you know, one, two seasons under their belt right now. And we're starting to see a bit of a bump in what people are able to produce. So these numbers don't overly surprise me. Uh, Health Canada, you know, I imagine that the government right now is looking at trying to make sure that they're flagging, of course, anything that seems to be suspicious in the system. Uh, but when you look at it from that kind of perspective, I think this makes a lot of sense to me, and I'm not surprised. And Reuters, in my opinion, put a little bit too much weight on, uh, you know, a conspiracy theory here that something is happening uh, that should be when it comes to growing at, people who are growing at home. Yeah, and, you know, there's a portion of this where they talk about uh, CBC News uh, reporting the raid in October uh, of an illegal cannabis grow operation, a couple of, a few of them actually, between July and October, uh, a majority which had personal uh, production authorization. So, you know, I, this story to me would be uh, a lot more digestible if they would have included some of the things that you just talked about in the fact that maybe it's just that it's so damn expensive that more people have learned to grow and invested in a little bit into some sort of kit in the beginning to get the benefits at the end. If if that was included in this, I, th I would think, okay, they're looking at both sides, but you know, I don't know why Health Canada or or whoever is 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 looking at this wouldn't look at that side. Maybe because there's uh, they're they're wanting more people to buy instead of growing. I don't know. I but if they would have included some of the information that you said about the cost, then I think you could see why maybe more people are growing. Yeah, there's always two sides to a story, and 
you know, I'm don't get me wrong. I'm sure that there's some form of abuse that's happening oh, um, because yes, there is yes. with any system that you set up. Yes. Uh, but you, for the majority, I imagine that people are, you know, fingers crossed, getting better at growing and, uh, you know, are growing better medicine for themselves at home. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm not naive to think that somebody isn't abusing the system to sell in the black market or whatever it might be. I, I there's no, no system is certainly perfect, but I don't think it's as drastic as it was uh, yeah. certainly made out to be. All right. We are just days before uh, the big celebration, uh, whatever it is you're celebrating this year for our listeners and our viewers out there. Um, I just hope you're celebrating with cannabis. I certainly will be. I, I know <laughs> that my stocking is going to have some cannabis items in it from my wife. And I know that hers is going to have some as well, even though she's not as big of a fan of it as uh, mine. There are options for everybody, whether it's CBD, whether it's accessories, uh, whatever it might be. What are some of the things that you think make great uh, stocking stuffers or presents for the cannabis enthusiast this year, David? No, I'm a I'm a 2.0 guy in so many ways, and I've been putting chocolates in Christmas cards for my friends and family. Um, retailers I've noticed are starting to sell drinks in flats of four, which are pretty cool. I'd love yeah. to see something like that under the tree with a bow on it. And gummies and chocolates. Who doesn't like to have a little bit of sweet indulgence around the holidays? Uh, I personally love the Wana gummies. Mm -hmm. And as far as the chocolates go, I love the Bang and Legend gummies. And I think that are really affordable. I usually can get them for about four bucks a pop. Um, You know, Christmas is a time too where I feel like it's kind of fun to slip something into someone's card or under the tree who maybe wouldn't try cannabis on their own. Um, You know, just just to give them that different kind of experience. And I usually try to keep it to a higher level of CBD when I'm gifting Mm. that way. And I found that tea is really great for that kind of a gift because you can get an all CBD tea and tea's just so comforting. You can sit there in the wintertime with a hot mug and enjoy a little bit of CBD or even a one-to-one with some THC. So that's, those are my, my recommendations uh, for those out there who are looking for some last minute gifts. That's awesome. You know, there's a there's a, a retail store in in St. Albert where where I'm located, uh, Green Rock Cannabis, and they actually have a cannabis concierge program that they have going on. So, you know, it's the same thing. Maybe, but maybe you're a person out there that doesn't know anything about cannabis. You don't use cannabis, but you have somebody on your Christmas wish list that does. Well, all you do is you you head into the store, you call them up, and you say, listen. This is how much I want to spend. Uh, I don't know what they like, but they smoke it or they eat it or whatever. They'll put like this package together for you, which is awesome because there are so many people out there that might know somebody that uses cannabis, but they might not know anything or, um, you know, they, maybe they don't have time. This is a, that's a great program. So I would, if you're in my area, I would definitely check out Green Rock uh, Cannabis because that's, you know, for for somebody that you're unsure of, it's it's perfect. I'm I'm uh, I, I'm definitely hoping hoping uh, that uh, like I said last uh, week, I'd love for some Acapulco gold to land under my tree. I highly <laughs> doubt that's going to happen, but I know something that could. Like 
I've, I've got the slash here. Uh, I know you've uh, checked this out as well. Looks like the old uh, Men in Black memory eraser, uh, but don't worry. It just just don't don't go don't go too hard, or else uh, your memory will be intact. But I, I love this thing. It's and plus it's a local Edmonton company, so it's right in my backyard. Um, you can find this at a lot of places. You can check it out at Stonesmith.ca. So I really dig this. This I this is a really good gift, I think, David, for somebody who's never experienced dabbing before because you don't have to get out the torch. You know the temperature settings. Uh, it's very easy to use. Uh, it's got the uh, the built-in loader uh, that you see there, and I have, have, haven't cleaned mine properly uh, in, a, in a day. So, uh, <laughs> But anyway, it's a great introduction to dabbing for people. And then, you know, depending on your budget, you want to get into a volcano, that's, that's really, you got to have somebody really special. Uh, but I think there's a lot of cool things, you know. Like if, if you have somebody that has a pipe, those little Smojo's screens, like they're a great little thing. You drop them in this. They're not expensive, but, you know, you know what it's like. You have a pipe and you tip it over to clean it out. Then you lose your screen if you have it, and then you got to dig it out. This takes care of that. So I think there's lots of stuff on every person's kind of budget out there. You know, the Regal Cigar, those are awesome for uh, just sitting out if it's a nice day and, you know, you can get outside and uh, it's like a just a giant looks like a giant cigar so i think there's lots of great ideas and and i just hope everybody you know celebrates responsibly and safely and and enjoys a little cannabis to bring things down a little bit this christmas season don't you yeah absolutely and if there are any super fans out there who want a secret santa me that 24 karat gold volcano (sighs) yeah i would love that (laughs) that Uh, thing is swanky that thing, it's their 20th <laughs> anniversary. It's the classic with that gold plating. Last week, we did 24 karat gold from Strain Wreck. And I used, I, I, I double bagged it, actually. I had the uh, Supernova, as I called it. And I had the uh, uh, gold member going at the same time. But it is, you know, I, I feel the need to get it out and clean it every once in a while. Just, it's like, a, it's just, it's, I, I would feel, it feels weird when I see fingerprints on it. But you're right. I, I hope there's a secret Santa out there that gets a hold of you and you get the, uh, the gold member as well. But uh, anyway, it's been a, a great, great uh, time spending um, with you uh, as we go into 2021 i know 2020 has been tough on a lot of things but having you drop by every week has been a lot of fun david so merry christmas we're gonna do our year in review uh that'll come out just before new year so we'll have one more conversation but uh i won't talk to you again before christmas so merry christmas and all the best in 2021 to you and yours david and to you too my friend it's always always great to talk to you yeah i'll highlight of my week every time Awesome. You can find David at OkanaganZ.com and check him out on Twitter at OkanaganZ. and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. All 
always love hearing from the artist My Dead Dog. That is the weed song. Uh, you'll hear the marijuana song at the end of the show as we close things out. And there may be a few Christmas songs coming from uh, the artist. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, unfortunately, I have some uh, bad news when it comes to the Cannabis and Hemp Expo. It has been postponed once again. I think this is the third time, but it's not three strikes and you're out. We will persevere uh, and, and get through this um, and eventually hopefully have a Cannabis Expo. When they do, we will be on location when it happens. We'll be broadcasting, so I'd love for you to come down and meet and say hello and be a part of the program. Uh, you can find more information at CannabisHempExpo.com and keep it locked on here. We'll give you the details. Whenever we get the go-ahead, we will have some tickets to give away. This is the Business of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bringing you the latest Bud Biz Buzz. As usual, Malka LaBelle joining me from the Green Generation Co. You can find her online at greengencompany.com and on Twitter at greengenco1. Malka, great to see you again. I have overcome my technical difficulties from last week, and I think... <laughs> Knock on wood that we have things going. Uh, how was your week? I, my week was just crazy with technical stuff in a bad way. You had a great week when it comes to the use of technology. Tell me about the event yeah. that you had. Yeah, the virtual holiday shindig. I don't think it could have gone any better. Um, you know, we had a great showing of, of customers and clients as well as like vendors, people that I'm working with in all ways, including the um, like say the dragons, the, what are they called? Like they, the guys that did the ugly sweater pitch to the dragon's den, two out of the three founders of that company were on our event, uh, spewing their investor goodness. Uh, they've kind of turned into sort of angel investors themselves now after bending to, been to the dragon's den a couple of times. So it was a ton of fun, um, just with great, uh, people showing up and coming up with some really creative, uh, ways to showcase their company and their product some great ugly sweaters, like even the, the ugly sweater, you know, kings were saying, I haven't seen that one. There was a really good one. So I have a, my, my Twitter and my uh, Instagram will have uh, some examples of that and some of the show, the show and tell from that, uh, from that event. So uh, stay tuned to my at uh, Green Gen Co and at Green Gen Co one on Twitter to see more of that. It was definitely a lot of fun. I mean, real sorry, we missed you, Dean. Yeah, well, I would love to have been there, but uh, technology was uh, continually beating me down uh, like Mike Tyson to many of his opponents in the ring. So it was not a good week uh, technology-wise, but I wish I could have been there. I look forward to more events because I think that is a really, really great way uh, for people to, to network and showcase what they're doing. So I really think you're on the right path. So I look forward to many more events like that. And and I look forward to our lead topic on uh, the business of cannabis because uh, your kind of statement is that the rest of the world simply doesn't care about Canada's version of legal cannabis. Tell us what you mean. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty bold statement. Actually, what I really meant to say was Americans don't really care. Um, I, I want to I rephrase that. So here's where this came from. My uh, lovely 80-year-old aunt who lives in Seattle, Washington, 
um she reached out to me on facebook we sort of keep track you know keep in touch over over facebook and what everyone is doing and she it is the weekend last week when the um tilray afria merger uh came out so unprompted she sent me a message over facebook asking me if i sold my tilray stock when it's at 300 dollars. <laughs> and i'm like whoa <laughs> pauline you're up on the stocks for cannabis so, um, so we chatted a bit about that, and what she said, she's like, "Yeah, they're doing fine. They're in Montreal, in Seattle still, and we'll probably go to Florida like they do every year. They sort of spend half the time in the warm climate and half the time in Washington, but they have an abundance of stores." Um, she says, and store sales uh, in Seattle are through the roof. Uh, she says that cannabis is very popular, especially the pain gels and the creams, a lot of topicals. And, you know, of course, marijuana is used for health reasons. That's a big seller. And medicinal cannabis is a huge uh, business in the States. And it doesn't have to be from a doctor. Um, so she said it's really, she's really glad that it's legal in their state. And so I did a little digging on, like, what is the state of cannabis in a legal state like uh, Washington State? And it has been legal there since 2014. Um, and I was able to find quite a bit of really solid information um, on the state's uh, websites, um, including about 180 stores. It was a, like a PDF list with links to every of the 180 stores, names, locations, and whether or not they have a medical endorsement uh, person on staff. So for them, the classification of medical cannabis uh, means that there's someone on site that can issue you a medical marijuana um, certificate. And it tells the hours of that person or, you know, you've got to call ahead to find out what they are during COVID. But basically someone that has a bit more experience, I'm not exactly sure what their qualifications are. I couldn't get to that uh, on my search so far, but I definitely want to find out. And this person um, would be able to issue someone walking into the store, um, a patient authorization number and show and to allow them to be able to possess cannabis at the same kind of limits that we would have here. Um, and it is also legal recreationally. So there's just as many stores on the rec side, I think if not more, than there are on the um, on the on the uh, medicinal side. So I thought that was really interesting. And is is that much different uh, from from experiences that people have uh, here in Canada as far as you know the the accessibility? I know we have talked in the past yeah. about there are some companies that are saying, hey, we need to streamline this and we need to make this. Uh, much easier. So, uh, you know, compare that to the Canadian side. So the Canadian side is painfully antiquated compared to the U.S. side. So in Canada, if you wanted a medical prescription, you would have to hunt down a medical doctor. So that's an MD at the very least, if not more, um, that would write you a prescription for just an amount of cannabis. So there are cannabis clinics and there's a few. I mean, there, there are some of the bigger ones have now a lot of telehealth options mm -hmm. and Shoppers Drug Mart is getting into that game. We've talked about that before. Um, but basically someone would have to like literally see you either in person or telehealth, assess your medical need. And then not you can't go to a store. You literally cannot go to the store if you have a medical cannabis certificate. You have to, they, they don't give you a certificate. You have to go online to one of the preferred or one of the medical cannabis LPs, which are the licensed producers that are allowed to sell you medical, I mean, use medical grade cannabis in air quotes because it's the same thing you buy at the retail rec mm -hmm. stores in Canada, um, maybe with a bit of a different name. But, uh, and then you have to have it mailed to you. So the entire process in Canada is like painfully like old and dated. It doesn't even make sense. Whereas in the US, like these lovely ladies in the corner, 
you know, in the prime of their life, looking and trying topicals. They go in the store and they rub it on their skin. Oh, that makes my arthritis feel better. I'll buy 10. I'll buy one for everyone at the at the bridge table because we're all suffering. So that doesn't exist in Canada. You can buy recreational pr- products, but you can't go into a store and have a medical consultation in a recreational store. There's a lot of things that uh, you would want to know, particularly as a new user or as a person that takes other medication. The people in a recreation store, in a retail store in Canada, cannot give you any information about that. They have to send you to a third-party medical person that can then authenticate or you know authorize you to take cannabis in conjunction or whatever your situation is. It's ridiculous here. I get why they set it up that way, but it needs to be like fully you know ripped up and gone away with the medical side versus the rec side. It should be the same thing. And I like the concept of being able to go into a store and talk to a person and try it, you know, try it on. Like if it's a topical, mm. right? Like what's the, what's, what's the deal, right? So that's, that's my... The, that's the big difference, right? <laughs> Is that, uh, you know, and, and, you know, when pre-legalization, when I went into a dispensary that, you know, the cannabis was right there, you actually looked at it. it was, it's a much different world uh, pre and post legalization. And then... Canada compared to the U.S. and you know friends of uh, mine, you know uh, Ian Scott of Plant Life told me when he was down in Vegas for a, a, a you know a convention one time, they were selling CBD at a mall kiosk. So it really is yeah. much much different, and you know a kind of a I think a melding of both would be good. Like I don't think you just yeah. want to let anybody do it as we've talked about in the past as far as you know totally. what's in it, but there's got to be some. You know, there's got to be a happy medium between the two situations that is going to be effective, most importantly, for the patient. That's that's who yeah. this is all about in the end. It's it's about the patient. Yeah. And, and what Pauline, when my aunt was saying, she's like, you know, they don't there's no stigma against it in in the U.S. It's like it's just another product you would get for pain or for whatever. Like there's no like if you call it CBD or marijuana, you know, everyone's interested. It's not there's no negative around it. So it's just I find it hilarious and uh, I'm a little jealous. But at the same time, it allowed me to do some research in that space. I'm uh, as a as a consultant, I could do business in in Seattle under the they have a Canadian information section, and there's a lot of people that live in Seattle that are from Canada. So I actually stuck my name in there as potentially being a vendor on one of these sites just for information about what's happening in Canada. Should they care? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the point is, they don't need to. (laughs) That's the point of the segment. Yeah, they're they're doing a, a fine job on its own for sure. And you know, when you when you talk about uh, states that are legal right now and the you know the push that got them there, I think as we move into change makers, we look at a magazine that you know debuted in the seventies, much yeah. much much <laughs> earlier than legalization. Uh, this this magazine has been around longer than I have been, and I think I'm old. So talking about high times and 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 this is kind of like uh, an iconic cannabis the you know my guest last week colin the co-owner of shellshock uh, head shops here in edmonton they have some of the classic covers that you can go in and buy yeah. in a nice frame and stuff like that so yeah tell us a little bit about uh, high times for maybe those people that you know aren't familiar it if they're new to the cannabis space yeah i love it this is sort of like a relic of history yet very current at the same time i don't know what that's called but uh <laughs> transcends all time and space so yeah this uh, i did a little research on this too because i have been a fan of this magazine for a long time long before legalization i just think the, the photos and imagery is fantastic it was first published in 1974 this year marks their 46th year anniversary um and 
you know, the cool part about this, you could buy this at Circle K or whatever, Max or whatever it's called. You could buy this anywhere. There's no age gating required for buying literature like this, which I think is actually very funny. The magazine was started actually as a parody on Playboy. So if you look at some of the official information, it was first published as a parody where like marijuana replaced the word sex. And so they like the centerfolds, you know, like remember the Playboys, I'm sure if you're a guy, you know what a Playboy centerfold is. Well, there's the centerfold in the High Times magazine. It is a beautiful, glossy, like take that out and put that up on your wall. You know, like I know a few people that would drool over that photo. So, I mean, that's the classics, right? Like you don't even see this anymore. And they've done a great job at preserving their image, their legality. Um, you know, they've had a, a large, I would say, a cult alternative following since day one. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had a lot of celebrities graze their cover. Um, everything from, you know, we've got Snoop Dogg, we've got John Lennon, um, you know, who else did I mention? JFK, you know, some very important people in history have grazed the cover of High Times. Um, the funny thing that I thought was funny, the, the whole world of legalized cannabis was supposedly this amazing uh, thing for the stock market. Well, they were planning on doing an IPO. Um, and I remember this sort of triggered a memory of, of I remember when uh, uh, Spirit Leaf, Inner Spirit Holdings was talking about those. So prior to legalization, um, Inner Spirit Holdings had had bought in. There was like a, a friends and family round or initial investment round with the High Times Holding Corp in, in um 2018 uh and they were planning to you know this was initial raise money to then go on the public markets which was a great idea at the time before legalization um but unfortunately uh as per quoted the owner uh, or the uh, president ceo um in 2020 they abandoned their plans to list on the nasdaq citing market market volatility around (laughs) cannabis stocks as the reason uh with intention to maybe delay that a little bit and, and maybe due to a smaller stock exchange like the OTC or the CSC. But um, there has been a lot of uh, bumps in the road um, with the whole industry. But I would say this is like a staple. This is a strong voice for advocacy of the legal cannabis space or wherever you are. It's about the plant, not about the politics. And they have done a great job building a following Um, They have these cannabis cups. I think we're in year 32 of the cannabis cups. And now they do it regionally. So they have, Mm. like, I was able to watch a version of just some of their, they have a whole media side. So you have all the streaming content on there through their website. And you can watch the High Times Cups in different jurisdictions. Like, I watched the cups awarded for the Illinois, for the Chicago Cups, or the Illinois Cup. And so they have all these different, they basically made a business that doesn't actually involve making cannabis. So the ancillary stuff, kind of like we are, Mm -hmm. um, and have been very successful at it, building that branding and building what they do with a massive cult-like following. Um, It's impressive. And and there's not a lot like them. Like there's, you know, listen, David Wiley, who joins me every week uh, for This Week in Cannabis News from the OZ, he does a really awesome job of covering the regional uh, things that are going on in cannabis. And, and, and we touch on some national stories. Uh, but there's not a lot of uh, publications out there that uh, kind of 
have a this backstory or this experience or this reach that high times like yeah it was a, it was a cult following who now that with legalization and the globalization of cannabis is is no more a cult following it's like you know the big lebowski was one time a kind of a cult movie and now every it's like one of the most popular movies of all time and you know high times is kind of like the they're like the big lebowski they kind of started out in you know times of trouble where it wasn't very safe to be doing it and you know, here they are, the standard. I love it. It's a great story. I would like to say that the high times is kind of like, I would say like the Seth Rogen concept uh, in the media world here. So what I mean by that is a lot of people didn't take him seriously as an actor mm. at the beginning because he was kind of parodying himself, right? Like his initial movies were sort of about him being a knucklehead. But, you know, look out where that has turned out. You know, I think high times, same thing. They sort of played off on this spoof idea that was kind of a joke. And it just attracted a ton of interest. But of all of the brands out there that have to do with cannabis, I, other like other than, actually, I can't even say other than that. I think this would probably, if I had to put money on the biggest brand value that a brand asset has in the cannabis sector, I would say High Times is number one by far. And that's that's what everyone's trying to do is create these iconic brands. Well, you can't make an iconic brand overnight. It takes decades and and that, that's a largely my argument in other segments we've had but what's cool is this these people have done it without selling any weed yeah. they promote they endorse they talk about it they are entirely wrapped around in the culture but have nothing to do with the actual processing making procurement cultivation in any jurisdiction and even in the magazine there's ads in here that are entirely about canadian products like 100 percent. they have an entire section this is the stash awards there's an entire section to dedicate it to canadian brands uh, that they're free to talk about because this is a u.s publication sold in canada without any age gating i don't know it's a bunch of loopholes here yeah. but the point is this is not even meant to be taken seriously. There's ads in here that you can't buy from them because of where you live. And it says it on the ad. It says, we will not ship to the US. We're, you know, we're Netherlands company. We're registered in Canada and, you know, Europe, but we will not ship to the USA. So it's just, if I find it like fascinating, funny, and extremely interesting, and uh, I hope they continue for another, you know, 45, 50 years or more. Well, that shows their global reach that, you know, companies uh, who cannot ship to the U.S. will advertise in a U.S.-based publication just to get some kind of brand awareness. And, uh, you know, for people around the world that are they are able to ship to, uh, it, it gives them uh, even more brand awareness. So it, it shows the reach and the popularity, not just with the listeners, but with the, uh, the customers, the advertisers, the, the companies as well. So now from high times... To Henry Ford as we go yeah. uh, to what it means to be green. And this is a story that I absolutely love. Uh, we had a, a, a Jay, a buddy of mine from uh, Yellowhead Hemp Company on in our second episode uh, talking about this very thing. And here we are, episode 78. I love this absolute story because it's a story that I don't think is very well known at all. Yeah, and there's actually been a lot of people that have discredited it. Like they said, like, I've actually seen some of the criticism around like, who was the real source and author. I mean, it doesn't take much to make a meme, right? Um, but what it, the the source of this information was, I think it's fairly relevant. Um, so actually, I found a, these essential these me these memes and this information summarized in what's called uh, now this, which is actually I found it on the High Times. Uh, media site but it's actually in a lot of places like you can find now this it's like a big media 
um, thing. It's sort of a spinoff in different, they have different categories. Um, there's another one in the, about like, it's more about being um, like environmentally friendly and like this whole like junior line with like, um, um, you know, the whole like youth movement towards, you know, greening the planet. So this, the people that made this information and put it into a very nice two minute video are, I'm giving credit this uh, now this people, but what they're talking about is, you know, a hundred and something years old. So the Ford Motor Company and the Model T, which was the first, you know, assembly line vehicle, mass produced assembly line vehicle by the Ford Motor Company and by any company, um, they're iconic in their place in history, but they mark the, the beginning of the second industrial revolution. Um, and what we mean by that, the first one was when they put factories into towns and everyone became a factory worker. And, you know, you owe your soul, owe your soul to the company's stores, that the coal mining and the industrialized revolution. The second industrial revolution was the moving assembly line. So that's what Ford created. And the mass produ production of automobiles started a demand for gasoline and oil and bitumen and products that really created the oil boom in the US that created an infrastructure of paved roads and highways and interstates that built the interconnectivity of the United States of America. You know, entire oil pipelines uh, were built from oil fields to Texas refineries to the Eastern US where the population was. And it was the introduction of the mass production of oil products, everything from, you know, car parts or plastics um, to, you know, petroleum products, obviously, and the modern era of petroleum really began from Henry Ford. But the irony in all this is that Popular Mechanics, which was a popular mechanic magazine, I think that's still around as well. It's probably older mm -hmm. than High Times, obviously, if we're talking about Henry Ford. They said that Henry Ford was, Henry Ford was quoted he, to say, why use up the forests, which were centuries in the making, and the mines, which were required ages to lay down if we can get the equivalent of forests and mineral products in the annual growth of the hemp fields. So he was a proponent of hemp from day one. He made his first models of the, uh, of the Model T were made out of hemp parts um, using hemp fibers and run, it was supposed to be made on hemp fuel, like a biofuel made almost like an ethanol, kind of like corn or vegetable oil. Um, Model or Ford's first Model T was built to run and constructed out of hemp products, but someone must have convinced him that steel and oil were better products to make cars out of in the early mm. days. So his hemp version of the car never made it to market. Someone early in that year, you could probably pinpoint the you know the year time frame. I wonder where our world would have been if that never happened. You know, if you think about that for a second, if we were to jump in a DeLorean. Uh, pun intended on the iconic car that is now dead and buried. Yeah. Um, apparently coming back, though, for a short run in 2021. But anyways, the the DeLorean from Back to the Future is, is a symbol of getting around, right? Whether it be a vehicle or not. But what if we were able to jump in one for a second and go back to that, be a fly on the wall of that dinner or that conversation or that boardroom, wherever it occurred, mm -hmm. church maybe, um, where the plant argument was taken away and the let's produce oil and go drill for this stuff was put into play. And what was that conversation like or right. about? I am extremely interested to know the answer to this. I don't know if it exists, but I definitely think that it's something to, to ponder because Henry Ford was clearly well before his time in the clean, clean ed energy advocacy. He didn't even know what dirty energy was when he was talking about him being a clean source and saying that it's better to do that than pull it out of the ground. 
So he is my example of what it means to be green this week. Yeah, there's, listen, there are like, you know, we, we can pick different moments in time that you'd like to go back and be a part of the conversation. Like if I could go back and hear the very first baseline uh, for another one bites the dust uh, from Queen to be in that room <laughs> the very first time, I would love to be there. There's other great moments. But yeah, could you imagine, you know, Christopher Lloyd picks you up, you go back in time and you convince uh, Henry Ford to go with him, what our world might be like today? I, I just, I can't imagine what it would be like. It's, it's crazy. Sometimes in this day and age, though, you got to sort of wonder, like, you know, I don't know. I think it's a fun exercise to play with your brain, maybe when you're mm. a little high. Sure. <laughs> it might yeah. be fun. But uh, for now, it's just something to ponder what it means to be green. Henry Ford had it right, and someone yeah. changed his mind. Well, and, and hopefully other people change their minds going forward, and uh, we, we learn from that and say, okay, Let's explore this more. Why can't we do it now? We have more technology than we've ever had. Uh, so we should be able to do so much more from him. So at the very least, let's learn from, you know, maybe not going down that route, uh, you know, 100 years ago. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of electric vehicles that market is picking up. And with COVID, we're not having to go as far anymore and the whole mm. work from home thing. Now be the time to turn back that clock. We'll Indeed. see. Yeah, Malka, this has been a lot of fun. Happy holidays uh, to you and yours. And uh, uh, this is the last show we have until 2021. So we know it's been a tough 2020. I look forward to next year being much better. But happy holidays to you and yours. Thanks, Dean. To you as well. is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. All right, before we get into uh, weed word of the day, uh, big thanks to Malcolm LaBelle and uh, David Wiley, as you have heard on the show today for being partners on this show and helping us, you know, promote the good and the bad and the ugly uh, of cannabis, uh, telling you the truth. Transparency is important. So uh, we are talking about uh, the good news, the bad news, and uh, the in-between. But uh, thanks to them for being part of the show. Thanks to you uh, for watching uh, or listening. And if you're listening and you want to check out what it all looks like and some of the other things that we have going on, check out our YouTube channel. You can also find it streaming on our social media channels uh, because uh, without great partners like you, the listeners, uh, Malka and David, uh, this wouldn't be possible. These guys are pretty good too. I got to tell you, uh, Stonesmiths, another great local company. I absolutely love the Slash. Uh, you know, it's just sleek. It's great. Two clicks, auto fire, uh, five clicks to turn it on. Uh, it's just a, a wonderful machine. This would make a great Christmas present. And they're a great local company. So check them out at stonesmith.ca. There you go. Two clicks, auto fire. Wait four seconds for it to heat up. And you hit it. If you're a retail store and you want to get these in your shop, stonesmith.ca. Very, very cool stuff. All right. uh, One more fun segment to go. It is time for Weed Word of the Day. Bud, dope, flower, ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, 
tie stick, Sally. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel O. Jackson, the Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. So going with the slang term, what we do is one slang term, one standard term. The slang term is bubonic chronic, and uh, I just love the the, the sound uh, of that, uh, the alliteration, uh, the the rhyming. I love it. Uh, it's really potent stuff. That's that's what bubonic chronic is supposed to mean. Weed so strong, it's gonna give you the black plague. It's uh, about an eighty twenty indica cultivar. Uh, actually, it's it, there's an actual. So it's a cultivar, uh, and it's also just um, a way for people to say crazy strong stuff. It comes from uh, AK-47, crossed with Northern Lights, crossed with Skunk, and it's said to rush through your body almost immediately, hitting you really, really hard. So, you know, you've heard people say like, oh, that's some good BC bud. Just to mean really good bud, bubonic chronic would be like really, really strong, but it's also the name of a specific cultivar. The standard term we're going with is diffuser, and that is a custom tube that you can add to a pipe, like a water pipe or bongs, Uh, to increase airflow and bubbles. And what this does is it cools down the hit, so it's not so hot and hard-hitting with your lungs. It also cleans and increases the flavor. So there you go. Bubonic chronic and the diffuser are what you're learning today on Weed Words of the Day. Fun stuff here on the Cannabis 101 podcast this is the cannabis 101 podcast your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in canada and beyond All right, that is going to wrap things up on the show. Thank you so much for listening or watching. And if you are listening, you'd like to watch, check out our YouTube channel. Uh, We have uh, things uh, streaming um, on there uh, from time to time, as well as our social media channel. So you can check out where we put the shows out. And thank you very much for joining me on episode 78. Uh, Thank you to David Wiley and to Malka LaBelle as well for uh, bringing their knowledge and their passion to the program. And thank you uh, for tuning in. If you liked what you hear and liked what you saw, uh, please subscribe, leave us a review, uh, let us know what you think of the show. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. You can also get the latest uh, from the Cannabis 101 podcast with the Weed Weekly. That's basically our newsletter that comes out every Friday uh, to your inbox. Last week was very short because we had so many technical problems, but uh, it comes in. Uh, we've got a giveaway on Fridays. We have some other fun stuff that we throw in there. We recap the show. Uh, just a way to stay in touch with uh, what's going on with the program. Uh, you can also, as mentioned, uh, win a uh, prize pack every week for that. And make sure you check out uh, the Cannabis101podcast.ca where you can subscribe to the Weed Weekly 
and get in on the 12 cultivars of Christmas. We have that going on. The last one comes out December 24th, and then the contest closes December 31st. So you can win a wicked prize pack. Big thanks to our friends at Nova Cannabis, at Plant Life, at Regal Cigars. We've got some really, really cool stuff going into that prize pack that you are absolutely going to love. So big thanks to them. Big thanks to our partners like Stonesmiths. Get the slash for somebody on your Christmas List, list, wish list and introduce them uh, to concentrates in a real cool way from a local Canadian and local Edmonton company. You can find them more at stonesmiths.ca. Hour number two will come out on Wednesday. I'm really looking forward to this. Chef Jordan Wagman, a James Beard-nominated chef, is going to join me. We're going to talk about you know cooking with cannabis in general, his journey, which is a really cool story. And Maybe some good, cool ideas for you to infuse cannabis with this holiday season. I know I'm planning on cooking up some duck on Christmas Day, and I would love to infuse that into cannabis. So I'm going to be talking to Jordan about that. We'll also have, of course, Chris Ionson, the manager of Nova Cannabis, Jasper Av on What's That Strain. He's our educator. And that episode, hour two uh, of episode 78, will come out December 23rd. That's Festivus, baby. We are going to have the airing of grievances. I don't know if we'll have the feats of strength, but if you know Seinfeld, you know what I'm talking about. So get your grievance ready for the December 23rd episode, Hour 2, Episode 78. You can find everything at Cannabis101podcast.ca. And if you're into other shows, check out PodcastAlley.ca. i got a couple of sports shows that you might enjoy there as well. All right, Hour 2 on Wednesday If I don't talk to you again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. As we do all the time, we leave you with the artist, My Dead Dog, and the Marijuana Song. And remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. See you later.
huge. That's huge. huge. I'm ready to party with the best of them. And I'm gonna go down to the river. <laughs> All right, check you later.